But good morning, Harvard Ties. How are we doing? Everybody doing good? It's so good to be with every single one of you this morning. Um, if you're visiting with us, welcome. We'd love for you to get connected with us. You'll see a barcode on the back of the pew. Go ahead and, and uh, scan that. We'd love to connect with you. And it's just so good to be in God's house this morning, just worshiping Jesus together. Like, what else would you rather be doing than that itself? Um, this morning, we're still going to be in our Ordinary Heroes uh, series. So we're going to be in Hebrews eleven thirty one. But you can go ahead and turn to Joshua 2. I'm going to read Hebrews eleven thirty one for us. And then we'll use that as a springboard to go straight to Joshua 2. So if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to go ahead and turn there. Feel free to use table of contents kind of towards the front of it. But Joshua chapter 2. So I... Uh, I love just remembering special moments with my girlfriend, whether it's things that we've done for the first time or funny moments that we've had together. I love remembering them and I love bringing them up to her and to talk about them. Why? Because I don't want to forget about these moments, right? I enjoy them. I don't want to forget about them. And let's be honest, like we forget a lot of stuff, right? We forget to buy the toothpaste when we're out at the grocery store. We forget to buy coffee when we run out, which is my worst, and I hate it. I always forget to get coffee. Got to buy extra to be careful. Um, we forget people's names at church, right? It makes for an awkward moment. Um, but us remembering things is a problem. And I bring this up to you to ask you this question. As a follower of Jesus, how easy is it in our daily lives to forget about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us? Like, how easy is it to forget in our daily lives to forget who Jesus is and what he has done for us? Have you ever read through the Old Testament? The Israelites or God's people, they continuously forgot God. There's this theme all throughout the Old Testament of remembering. God had to continuously remember, uh, remind his people to remember that he's the one that brought them out of Egypt. He is God. He alone. Worship him. They kept forgetting this and they kept turning to idols. And as followers of Jesus today, we struggle we struggle to remember who Jesus is and what he has done for us. I know, I know how easy it is to take our eyes and to take our focus off of Jesus and to put them on things of the world when life gets busy, when life gets mundane, when life gets hard. It's so easy to take our eyes off of Jesus. And, and what I mean by we take our eyes and our focus off of Jesus is it means we're not living to ultimately trust in Jesus above all things. We have so many things competing for our devotion, competing for our trust. Like, let's open our eyes and see that we're living in a world that hates our faith in Jesus. 
And it wants to do everything that it can to distract us from him. Like I would even say that we are in immediate danger of so many things wanting to take our eyes and focus off of Jesus in our daily lives. Like the adversary, Satan, he does not want you to focus on Jesus. The world does not want you to focus on Jesus. Our flesh does not want us to focus on Jesus. And everything, everything from our jobs to sports to families to sin to money to feelings and desires, busyness, tiredness and entertainment. And I could go on and on and on is being used to take our eyes off of Jesus I don't know about you, but I struggle with this in my daily life to keep my eyes on him. And many of us maybe wouldn't say it out loud that we struggle with this, but we proclaim it with how we live our lives. We live as though we are not trusting in Jesus above all other things. We're not living as peoples whose eyes, hearts and our minds, all of us is fixated on him. And that's why the Hebrew author, that's why, he, that's why he wrote about these Old Testament saints' faith that we've been looking at the past nine weeks. That's why he wrote about these Old Testament saints and their faith to encourage followers of Jesus to keep trusting in Jesus in their daily lives. And so this morning, look at your life. Are you living as someone who believes that Jesus rose from the dead and that he's alive? Are you living like someone who is trusting that Jesus has forgiven you for all your sins and now you get to know God himself? Are you living as someone who Jesus is calling you to follow and be formed by him? And if not, then see Jesus today Like refocus back on him, see his beauty, see his glory and see his grace this morning and refocus back on Jesus. Church, we will not enjoy Jesus. We will not make Jesus known for God's glory if we are not fixating on him above all other things in this world. Because if we're not fixated on Jesus, then we're fixated on someone or something else. So as followers of Jesus, how? How do we keep trusting in Jesus above all other things in this world? And so today we're going to look at Rahab's story. And what we're going to see is that Rahab, she puts her faith in the great and glorious God. And then she lives out her faith in God. And then we're going to see God pour out his grace on Rahab. So let's read Hebrews 11, verse 31. It's one verse. It says this, By faith, Rahab the prostitute welcomed the spies in peace and did not perish with those who disobeyed. So now let's... Go to Joshua chapter 2 to read all of Rahab's story. Why did she have faith? Why did she welcome the spies? And why did she not perish? So Joshua chapter 2 verses 1 through 15. Here we go. Let's do it. Joshua, son of Nun, 
secretly sent two men as spies from the Achaia Grove, saying, Go and scout the land, especially Jericho. So they left, and they came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab, and they stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, Look, some of the Israelite men have come here tonight to investigate the land. Then the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab and said, Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, for they came to investigate the entire land. Here's where we see the whole story turn. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. So she said, yes, the men did come to me, but I didn't know where they were from. At nightfall, when the city gate was about to close, the men went out and I don't know where they were going. Chase after them quickly. You can catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them among the stalks of the flax that she had arranged on the roof. The men pursued them along the road to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as they left to pursue them, the city gate was shut. Before the men fell asleep, she went up to the roof and she said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that the terror of you has fallen on us. And everyone who lives in the land is panicking because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you went before you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings, you completely destroyed across the Jordan. When we heard this, we lost heart and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord, your God, is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now, please swear to me by the Lord that you will also show kindness to my father's family because I show kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father, mother, brothers, sisters, and all who belong to them and save us from death. The men answered her, we will give our lives for yours if you don't report our mission. We will show kindness and faithfulness to you when the Lord gives us the land. Then she let them down by a rope through the window since she lived in a house that was built into the wall of the city. Go to the hill country so that the men pursuing you won't find you, she said to them. Hide there for three days until they return. Afterward, go on your way. I read an extra verse there. So we see in verse 1 that Joshua, he sends out two spies to go scout the land of Canaan. They were to specially go scout out Jericho. So some of the context to where we're at um, in the story real quickly, uh, Joshua and these spies, they were God's people, the Israelites. And God, he has promised to give them their own land, the promised land. And so before they cross over the Jordan River to take the land, Joshua, he sends out two spies to go scout the land. And so these spies, they leave and they go into the land and they stay at Rahab's house. So who is Rahab? So we're looking at today. Our, our text tells us that Rahab, she's a Canaanite. She's a Gentile, meaning she's not an Israelite. She's not one of God's people. She's a prostitute. And so Rahab, she is someone who is in need of God's grace. She is a sinner under the wrath of God, which is coming for her and her people. And this is where we relate to Rahab because we too are in need of God's grace. Just like Rahab, we too are rebellious, 
sinful people who have sinned against God who is holy. And we deserve nothing but his rightful wrath on our lives. And so the spies, they're at Rahab's house. And during this time, um, Rahab's house was most likely an inn where people would have stayed at. So it's not uncommon for these men to be at her house, maybe to get some rest or to get some information. And in verse 2 and 3, we see that the king of Jericho, he hears about the spies, have come to investigate the land, and he knows that they were at Rahab's house. So they were not very good spies, right? That's like the first rule of being a spy, don't get caught. Well, yeah. So they're at Rahab's house. The king of Jericho knows this and he sends word to Rahab. Bring out the spies. And so in verse four is where we see the whole story turn. We see Rahab live out her faith in God. You would think that this woman would give the men over to her king, but she doesn't. She says, but it's uh, verse four says, but the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. So the king of Jericho, he sends word to Rahab to bring out the spies to his agents, but Rahab hides the spies. And she tells the king's agents that they have already left the city. Like, hurry and chase them and you can catch them. So she commits treason. She must have known the men's mission somehow. And so she hides the men on her roof in the stalks of the flax, according to verse six. And so here you have Rahab committing treason by lying to her king. So just put yourself in her shoes for a moment. Like just imagine this life threatening situation. She hides the spies. The king knows that they came to your house and he's asking you to bring them out. If he finds out that she's hiding them, immediate death. But here you have Rahab choosing to be faithful to God over her king. Why? Because she believed in the greatness and the glory of God. And it led her to faith in him. Rahab acts to hide the spies because of her faith in God. And we struggle with trusting in Jesus in our daily lives because we lose sight of the greatness and the glory of God. And we will not trust in Jesus above all other things if we lose sight of who he is and what he has done for us. So see it today, church. See it that if we're going to be a faith family that follows Jesus and delights in him and proclaims him, we need to be a church that daily fixates on the glory and the greatness of God. And so this morning, we're going to look at three ways we see the greatness and glory of God in the story of Rahab. And may it lead us to fixate on Jesus. And so the first way that we see God's greatness and glory is that God pursues us. God pursues us. In the story, we see that God pursues Rahab. And he does this by sending the spies to her house. 
So like, let's think about it. Was this just a coincidence that these spies ended up at her house? I don't believe so. For what I see of God all throughout the Bible. No, here is God's people showing up at Rahab's house and giving her an opportunity to show her faith in God. God gives her an opportunity to exercise her faith in him and to be a part of his mission and to be saved by his grace. And for us, we see God pursuing us ultimately fulfilled in Jesus. Where God would send his son to pursue you and me and the whole world so that we may be saved from our sin and live. And just as God's people came to Rahab's house, God has come to earth as his son, Jesus. And to help us see this, let's, I want to look at the story of this blind beggar in Luke 18 verses 35 and 42. So there's a blind man who is begging on the street. And so just think about the lowliest of lowliest, according to the world's standards. This man, he is broken and he needs help. And the man, he is he's sitting on the road begging and he hears a crowd passing by. And so he asks, what is going on? And the people told him this in Luke 18, verse 37. I love this. They said, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Like, do you see it? Why is this significant that Jesus is passing by? Because here is God himself in the flesh passing by. He has come to earth to meet broken people like this blind beggar, like Rahab and like you and me. God, he is passing by. He is here. He has come and he has come to pursue us through Jesus to save us. And this leads to our second way that we see God in this story. God has revealed himself to us. God has revealed himself to us. So God revealed himself to Rahab by working through his people. And that word spread to all the people of the land of Canaan. And so throughout verses 9 and 11, notice as we read how Rahab says, we heard. We heard about you and your God and what he has done. And so verse 9 says in Joshua 2, I know that the Lord has given you this land, Rahab says. And that the terror of you has fallen on us and everyone who lives in the land is panicking because of you. And so why does Rahab believe that God has given her people's land to his people? Verse 10, for we heard, for we heard, she says, how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings, you completely destroyed across the Jordan. When we heard this, we lost heart and everyone's courage failed because of you. God has revealed himself to Rahab and to all the people of the land. 
God, he was acting and working on behalf of his people to free them from Egypt and give them their promised land. She has heard about him. And this is why God ultimately acted on behalf of the Israelites. Psalm 106 verses 7 through 8 says this. Our fathers in Egypt did not grasp the significance of your wondrous works or remember your many acts of faithful love. It's just what we talked about and what we're talking about. They forgot who God was and what he did. Instead, they rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. But here it is. Yet he saved them for his namesake to make his power known. God saved his people. God worked on behalf of his people despite them not deserving it to make himself known to all the peoples of the world. And God, he makes his power known to Rahab and she hears of his greatness and glory. And we then see her great testimony of faith in God in verse 11. She says, for the Lord, your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Like your God is God. I've heard of him. I've heard of what he's done. I believe in him. He is the God over all things. There is no other God but him. Rahab heard of the greatness of God to part the Red Sea and to destroy human powerful kings. And she put her trust in him over the powers of this world to save her. She believed that God is much more powerful than anything else in this world. Do you believe that this morning? As followers of Jesus today, we have heard of God do something much, much greater than parting the Red Sea and defeating human kings. We have heard of God has sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins and to redeem broken people back to himself in a loving relationship. Like this is the greatest act in all of the universe. God himself as his son, Jesus, dying on the cross to take our place taking on our sin and giving us his righteousness so that we may live with God. <laughs> like God has done much greater things than just part in the Red Sea. He has sent his son Jesus to die for us, a people who do not deserve it, so that we can enjoy him and know him. And this leads to the last way that we see God's greatness and glory. God has saved us. Just let that sink in. If you're a follower of Jesus today, that God has saved us. Rahab, she hears about God. She believes in him. And she acts on her faith by hiding the spies and joining in on God's mission. And we see God pours out his grace on Rahab. And he saves her. After we hear of Rahab's faith, she then makes an oath with the spies in verse 12. She says, now, please swear to me by the Lord that you will also show kindness to my father's family because I show kindness to you. Then skip to verse 14. The men answered her. We will give our lives for yours if you don't report our mission. We will show you kindness and faithfulness to you when the Lord gives us the land. 
They then instruct Rahab to tie a scarlet cord to her window so they can recognize her house and spare her and her family when their people come to take the land. Now, oaths were a big deal to the Israelites in this day. It would have been considered a great sin to go back on this oath that the, the spies just made with Rahab. And so now we're going to look fast forward to Joshua chapter 6, verse 25. We're going to see Rahab spared after the Israelites captured Jericho. It says this, Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute, her father's family and all who belonged to her because she hid the messengers. Joshua had sent a spy on Jericho and she still lives in Israel today. So here you have God pouring out his mercy on Rahab. When God's people take Jericho, Rahab and her family were spared from perishing with the rest of her people who did not repent and trust in him. But I want us to see this. Not only did God pour out his mercy on Rahab and spared her from destruction, but he also poured out his grace on her. Notice how it says at the end of verse 25, Rahab still lives in Israel today. God did not just spare Rahab from destruction and then left her in the rubble of her city. No, he adopted her into his family. She lived among God's people in Israel. And God's grace on her life goes even further than that. Like, look at the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1. So the Matthew's gospel opens up with the family tree of Jesus. All the people leading up to the promised Messiah, all the way to Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, it says, Salomon fathered Boaz by Rahab. Boaz fathered Obed by Ruth. Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered King David. I read that a little fast. I'm sorry. Do you see the first line of that? Do you recognize someone? Salmon fathered Boaz by Rahab. And then we see Rahab is King David's great grandmother. Who then leads to the promised Messiah, Jesus, coming to save God's people. Like, this is amazing and shocking and the beautiful grace of our God. He takes a Canaanite prostitute woman and puts her into the family tree of Jesus. And the same God that poured out his grace on Rahab is the same God today who desires to pour out his grace on all people who repent and put their faith in Jesus. Like, it's the same God today. Like, do you see his grace? Many of you, myself included, need to see God's grace with fresh eyes this morning. Like You need to be reminded of what God has done for you through the cross. Bill, uh, Bill Farrell, our associate executive pastor um, over our North Region campuses, he told us in a staff meeting a couple weeks ago, we're talking about writing up our goals as a staff. And Bill reminded us that when you write goals, 
down, you have to remind yourself throughout the year of your goals. Whatever that looks like, you need to keep looking at them, keep focusing on them. Why? Because you start paying attention to the squeaky wheel. You start paying attention in your daily lives to the, to the needs and you lose sight of what is important. You start putting all of your effort in on the needs and you stop focusing on your goals that you want to achieve. You lose sight of what is important. So church, this is my plea for us today. Like, Don't lose sight of what is important. And this is what is important. That God, he is holy and he hates sin. And Rahab and all of us are unholy because we have rebelled against God. And we all deserve to perish for our rebellion against him. But here you have God saving Rahab because of his grace and his love for her. God today still desires to save a people for himself that don't deserve it. God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. And to rise from the dead to defeat sin and to defeat death so that all who turn from themselves, from living for themselves and turn to Jesus and trust in him as Savior and trust in him as Lord will be forgiven of their sins for good and brought into God's family just like Rahab. Like Jesus has come and he has died for our sins on the cross. So that we can be free from this world. To fixate on Jesus. We're free through the cross to fixate on Jesus. To focus on him. To live with him. Like we get to fixate our eyes on Jesus. Like who else would we rather fixate on than Jesus? Who else is worthy enough? Then Jesus, is Netflix greater than him? Is social media, is football, is our job, our money, fill in the blank, greater than Jesus? Like, this is what is important. Don't lose sight of it. The holy God of the universe pursuing us, revealing himself to us, and saving us. Let's not lose sight of this in our daily lives. Nothing, nothing satisfies like Jesus. Do you believe that? So this morning, see the glory. See the greatness of God. See his grace today. And keep, keep trusting in Jesus. Keep trusting in him above all. All other things. When life gets hard, keep trusting in Jesus. When life gets busy, keep trusting in Jesus. When life gets boring and mundane, keep trusting in Jesus. And enjoy him and make him known for the glory of God. Every, I want to invite you to just bow your head and close your eyes. And I just want to create a time between you and God. This is a time between you and God right now.
to spend in prayer. And if, if you're a follower of Jesus here today, somebody who is trusting in Jesus and following him, I know you love Jesus more than anything else in this world. And I know it's tough to keep trusting and keep following him. I want to challenge you here. What are, what are some distractions in your life that you need to lay aside? What are some distractions in your life that you need to lay aside? What are some idols in your life that you need to turn from so that you can better keep your eyes focused on Jesus? And remember, you're set free from Jesus, from this world. He has freed you so that you can fixate on him. You're not alone in turning from those idols. You're not alone in turning from those distractions. Jesus is with you to help you. He wants you focused on him because he knows that's the greatest gift in all the world. What are some distractions that you need to turn from today? And if, if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're not a follower of Jesus, and you feel Jesus calling you to follow him through the preaching of his word this morning, you can start following Jesus today, right now. How do you do that? Turn from living from, for yourself. Turn from trusting in yourself and turn to Jesus, trusting in what he has done for you on the cross, that he has paid the price for your sins. And that because of what he's done on the cross, you now can be forgiven and brought into relationship with God, something that you can't do on your own. And commit to following Jesus as God. <laughs> like Rahab, I believe you are God above all things. Follow Jesus as God and follow Jesus as the Lord of your life. You can enjoy a relationship with him today. Take your eyes off the world and put them on Jesus. He's worth it. I just want to encourage you to voice that in a prayer between you and God. And we'll have a team in the back that if, man, if you give your life to Jesus, like tell us. We want to celebrate and we want to disciple you. Come talk to us in the back. And if you have questions, come talk to us about following Jesus. And so I'm just going to give you a minute between you and the Lord. And then I will close us in prayer.